I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Rubbleheads. This is a bonus appearance from me on a podcast not featuring me, which is almost certainly for the best. Uh, this is part two of the uh, the toe and uh, before the night today omnibus with gorgeous Michelle and wonderful Elliot. Um, part one had them talking about BT90. I do believe we are about to strap ourselves in for the other way. So here comes part two. Shall we move forward on to the other way with Shekinah and Sarper? Yes, yes. This was a... Now, what do you you make of this animatronic um, person? (laughs) Well, it's difficult, isn't it? I, for no reason at all, I have an almost unshakable belief that for Sarper, women are not his traditional bailiwick, shall we say. Um, there's just something, not just performative, but kind of learned and cliched about everything he says. He's almost narrating his own bad erotic novel in which he is the lead character. Um and, you know, I, 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 I'm very bad at telling if, if men are good-looking or not. He's a bit like a, a sort of action man who's been in the cupboard for 20 years. Um, you know, you can see that the lineaments are right, so square jaws, double, all that kind of stuff. But it's just a bit shop-soiled. Um, That's and, exactly... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm just... I, I think he when he was driving to the airport in Istanbul to... For, for to greet Shekinah uh, with a bunch of flowers, which he's never done for any other girl. And you're thinking, well, okay, to be for the first time taking flowers to somebody at an airport in your 40s. Perhaps you could have stepped up earlier, but we'll gloss over that. Um, 
the way he was talking, like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. If if the the Sarpa of a year ago had looked at the Sarpa now, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put away the Playboy lifestyle for a start. Never, ever, ever describe yourself as having a Playboy lifestyle. It's only ever something someone else can say about you. If, I agree you, with you completely. If you self-identify as a playboy, it means you're an arsehole. Um, but- I also think that's... I'm, I'm so sorry I no. keep interrupting you. Um, I... <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it, the playboy lifestyle. So my sense with Sarber, I don't think that any of these claims are true about the number of women that he's bedded, um, his testosterone levels, his whole, I just, I'm not buying any of it. I don't understand it. Um, I don't understand. I, I, I don't get, I like, I sort of get what he's trying to sell and what he's trying to model himself after, I guess. But, this is somebody who lives their life for the likes. I would have loved to see what he looks what he looked like before what I can only assume is a considerable amount of uh cosmetic surgery. I think he's had a lot done on his face. I think he's had a lot done on his body. I think um his muscles are implants, some of them. Um, and again, you know, whatever choices, that's fine. The way he moves, the way his head and neck move and the way his eyes move, I, it, it's too uncanny Valley for me. It looks like something that's supposed to be real and human, but isn't. And I can't help but feel that that's a choice it's almost like he played too much. And look, y'all, I know nothing about video games and uh, it's wow. probably obvious, but he looks like he's modeled himself after a, a video game character. And when you, when you go to his house, I, it, I sort of talked about this, the, the last on the last omnibus um, last week, but he's, He's talked about, just from context clues, from having been a male stripper and uh, calling himself someone with a playboy lifestyle. For what it's worth, I think in order to be a playboy, you have to be bankrolling yourself or having, like, a wealthy benefactor. I don't think... that That's my opinion anyway. And the wealthy benefactor can be, um, you know, the British taxpayer, for example. Like the play, the classic playboy is the second son, right? The spare, yeah. uh, as opposed to the the heir to the throne. And I'm not going to bring up uh, sweaty pedo for nothing, but that was very much his reputation, right? Um. Yeah, and you know we we shan't descend to other second sons either. But um, the problem I think with um, Sarper is essentially Yul Brynner in Westworld, isn't he? It's it's that yes. 
it's that sort of fakery that is almost good enough, but not quite. And the fact that it's not quite makes it worse than if it was just quite shit. If he looked less like a human being, he would look more like a human being. Um, The Mm -hmm. whole Playboy thing, I mean, I I ran the numbers. He said he'd slept with two and a half thousand women. Um, I did well, yeah, I suppose two and a half thousand women individually. I don't know. Well, no, sorry, I mean, at least once, not one person two and a half thousand times because she'd be sure for a start. Sure. But he also said he'd he'd slept, he used to have two or three women women a day. Um, I just thought it was exhausting. Um, that would only mean about four years as a playboy. Okay. I mean, it's still not a bad run. It's not a bad run. It, it, I do it, think it's more. I I I got caught up a little bit in 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 the Playboy thing, but what I what I meant to say was the lifestyle that he described sounded less like a Playboy lifestyle and more like someone who never slept at home. Um because he was maybe couch surfing or, you know, like he was sleeping with lots of different women because uh, maybe three or four of them kicked him out and the fifth one let him stay the night there. Goes to a bar because he doesn't want to go home. So, you know, his, his bar is basically somebody that will take him home. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I also think he... he And again... He's not a man. He does not have the headboard of a playboy. That headboard was. I was totally with Shekinah on that one. That headboard was disgusting. The kind of that the leatherette that was frayed and and full of holes. Oh. So, and particularly the sponge behind it. Once that sponge is exposed, oh. that's gonna well, it's gonna absorb stuff like a sponge because it is a sponge. And you know, she was imagining perhaps in too much detail, all two and a half thousand women being banged in that bed and probably not all in that bed, but you think even one of them is to just get a new headboard. And then his excuse no, was, I don't... oh, my bed's really comfortable. I, you know, I've had it for 12 years. We need to talk, Sarper. <sighs> you need to take that bed to the outskirts of Istanbul and set fire to that fucking thing. And believe me, it will go up like a torch. Oh, because totally. of, of your horrible cologne and jizz combo. It's just disgusting. Uh, it's... Here's the thing. Shekinah, I think, is a lot more interesting a, a person than she's letting on and then she's comfortable showing. Um... Does she aspire to be a Kardashian type? Yes, that's the feeling that I'm getting. But I do think that she, I do think that there are hidden depths. Whether she's comfortable accessing them or not, um, that's a whole other question. I think there's, I think there's a lot to unpack there. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't think I can say the same for him. And while I can see them staying together for the amount of time that they would be on camera or have some kind of media presence, I, I totally get that. 
I don't like what happens to Sarper when he becomes an old person or what happens when you're done having sex with someone like that or when they're do- when they're done being able to go to the gym you know i mean and look i know there are plenty of old men elder gentlemen let's say who go to the gym every day and maintain many of the same habits i'm not saying you know that stops all of a sudden but presumably the steroid use is going to catch up with him um, he's not going to look like that. And again, that is, that look is not for me. I don't know who it's for because I find it more disturbing than anything else, but he's also got no game. He's utterly charmless, no game, not interesting. He kind of paws at her, you know, like he's kind of a, I don't know, like you know how boxers, the the dogs, are all kind of fists and elbows? I'm not saying he's yeah. a dog. Leave me alone. Dogs don't deserve to be brought into a, a comparison with Sarper. But there's, I, I just, I don't see it. He's got zero game, zero charm, nothing. He also came across as the sort of person who concludes every argument by them ending up having sex. Like, oh, let's stop arguing. Oh, look, my penis is there. Let's let's do something with that. Right. And I don't fair, think it's an impressive penis either. Oh, God, for no, what no, it's no, worth. No, no. Um, and I, I don't think, think he's packing what Rosvan's packing, for example. No. I no, think no, if I, they had a sword fight, there's no question oh, Sarper would be out. Yeah, Sarper's bringing a knife to that gunfight, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I suspect also he. He finishes pretty quickly. Oh, think, sure. You know, yeah. If you're lucky, five minutes, but probably less. I mean, does he finish? I don't know what long-term story... Like, my understanding is that it shrinks the the balls, but I don't know if it also has that effect of, like, you know, instead of fireworks, you sort of get smoke. Maybe he and Riley could form a support group, uh, talk about their... their uh, their sperm related shortcomings <laughs> shortcomings <laughs> very good um <laughs> the in fairness to sarper well not really in fairness to him because he didn't do anything but i did think that the scales fell from shekinah's eyes very very quickly like she'd been in mm-hmm. the flat for seconds and she was suddenly starting to say oh well could we change things a bit and you think you've literally just got there love um, and then she was saying, um, th- the thing that worried me most, not because I'm a video games fan at all. I still think in my heart of hearts, they're for children. Um, I know they're enormously complex. I know they're enormously, uh, sophisticated. I know that's a huge industry, uh, that it dwarfs the film industry now and all that kind of stuff. But when he said he liked playing computer games, in fact, he had a game, I think she kind of called it a games room at one point. You think that's not a games room. That's his box room which probably reeks of sweat, and that's where he plays his Nintendo. But when he admitted that he he liked doing that kind of thing, she said, oh, no, no, I don't... It's it's fine if you're in your 20s, but not for a man of 40. I thought, okay, I kind of agree with that. But then he said, well, you know, what would you rather I was doing? And her answer was paying attention to your girlfriend. I thought, oh, that's not a good answer. That's not a good answer at all, is it? 
That whole thing, I don't even believe that because there was dust all over that room. There was, I mean, yeah. it didn't didn't look like it looked like it was a prop because he was thinking I just think everything that he says and presents is so it's poorly calculated but it's calculated yeah. nonetheless it's like he's gone on chat gpd gpt and gone and typed in like man things yeah, yeah. things that men do single men and he's come out with playboy and gamer and yeah gamer room and all this anyway he's the least interesting person uh in this cast so i want to make sure that we allow time for everyone else um let us head over let's quickly touch down on danielle and johan um over in dominican republic um i think that dog is adorable i can't get over it i want to kidnap it i don't care if it Peas on me. Now, to give you some background on these two, there is a history where um, Johan would appreciate the opportunity to move to the US. Danielle has made it very clear to him that she's not interested in living in the US again, um, despite the fact that they and and that may or may not have anything to do with the alleged 30,000 odd dollars that she owes in easy pass fines um there has been a lot of uh talk about the enormous amount of debt that she's in which she hasn't outright denied but she's sort of said the stories aren't true or those kinds of things. But anyway, I, what I, I know that this is like very little time to spend with them, but I think that we're, I think we're seeing more and more that there are, that there's something of a chasm between them that is maybe no longer going to be able to be filled with sex anymore i thought the reaction of the lawyer they went to see was very interesting because she clearly never met them she's she's been presented with this pair and the dog and you know the dog is really cute but i have a real issue with people and it does tend to be women though men are capable of i'm sure for whom taking your dog everywhere is substitute for personality and it also makes it everyone else's problem. Like, oh, look, I brought my dog. You think we're windsurfing? No, nope, no, nope, not hearing it. No, nope, we're dropping that, that right now. Pissing everywhere, and she then just hands it to him. Like, oh, I can piss on you instead. And he's sitting there thinking, well, now I'm covered in piss, and not even in a good way. Um, I have a problem with that. But putting that aside, the, the lawyer who was talking to them seemed to be saying basically. If I was reading between the lines correctly, she was basically saying, if you two ever want to pose as a plausible couple for green card purposes, he's going to need to talk. Otherwise, you're going to look like a middle-aged woman who's brought a toy boy back to the Dominican Republic for purely sexual purposes, and the green card people are going to go, no way. I think she was being quite brutally honest in a sort of delicate way. Um, And she said at one point... um, how did you work in a hotel for five years with the understanding being you don't speak? How did you speak in a hotel? How did you work in a hotel? Um, and I thought it was, she clearly thought this is a weird relationship. It's completely imbalanced. 
they don't seem to talk to each other. They don't seem to know each other, really. Um, and I thought, given that she's never met them before and she was seeing them for the first time, admittedly through the lens of how do I get these people through certain steps of, of, of immigration and, and nationality uh, processes, I thought she, she saw an awful lot in a short space of time that I think was quite accurate. Yeah, I I have nothing to add to that. I think that's, I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, now, again, we're, we're quite stacked and I want to be mindful of that. Um, shall we talk about Holly and Wayne next and oh. their safari? Yeah. Um, odd choice for a day before the wedding. That was the thing. I mean, bless him in his own way. He's trying to show his country off in the best way he can. And he's very conscious that her family think of South Africa and think terrible crime rate. It's really dangerous. Don't go there. And, you know, South Africa does have both a bad reputation and a reason for that because the, the crime rates are very high. Um, and obviously there, there is still a lot of racial tension and uh, actually racial tension of all kinds, not just standard sort of, of black and white, but there's, there's a lot more going on there. Um, there's a really strong anti-immigrant movement, which is, is growing in strength, and which is really quite worrying. But he clearly wants to show off his, his, his country in the best way. So he wants to show off some of its undoubted natural beauty to his mother-in-law, with whom he actually seemed to get on really well. Um, they seem to have a very comfortable and easy sort of jokey relationship. But yeah, going to a safari, I thought, yeah, okay, fine, I can see that. But then when Holly said, oh, you know, it's the day before my wedding, I thought, she's thinking I don't want to get punched in the face by a monkey. That's what she's thinking. And I can see that that would be a concern. <laughs> you know, you don't want to go to the altar on what's supposed to be the greatest day of your life with a shiner and have to say to guests, oh, yeah, a monkey punched me. Because firstly, people are going to think, is that a euphemism? Then when they realise it's not, they're going to think that's clearly a lie. He punched her. And even if they then are persuaded that he's not violent, they're going to think, what actually happened? Because clearly nobody on the day before their wedding gets punched in the face by a monkey. But that was clearly at the front of her mind. She looked deeply uncomfortable and I felt for her because, you know, I can only imagine how tense it is being a woman the day before your wedding. Knowing what it's like being a man the day before your wedding is, is tense enough. But if you're the star of the show, as women are at weddings, quite rightly, it must be anxiety-raising to the nth degree. And you probably don't want yeah. to be going around a slightly dangerous activity. No. <laughs> I mean, it's a distraction. Um... I don't really understand the hurry or why that couldn't, considering they're not having a honeymoon. I, I don't, yeah. I also question the wisdom of doing that the day Had her mother before. just arrived, possibly? And so... No, no. Her no. mother's been hanging about. Her mother's been staying with them as their chaperone because they're both Jehovah's Witnesses. And despite the fact that Holly... um has been married before i guess even once you know the whatever you want to call it, it 
when, even though she's already had sex and presumably also had sex with Wayne, they, it, 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 it's unclear what they're doing here because I don't really see, I don't understand the need for a chaperone or protection or whatever. If, uh, if this isn't the first rodeo, so to speak, but there's very little in that particular faith that makes sense to me in the times that we're living now and not just Jehovah's witnesses, but any other, um, sect that takes the Bible literally, because I, I just think if you do take the Bible literally, you shouldn't be able to pick and choose. Um, and yet people still do. And the things that they pick and choose are arbitrary, um, I think. It, it should you know, be a sad it, day for mixed fabrics, and yet it is not. Yes, exactly. It, it, it's weird that we can make a concession there, but concessions can't be made for entire human beings. Do you know what I mean? Um, or life-saving blood transfusions or any, but uh, look, it's no offense and to each their own, etc. consenting adults, blah, blah. Um, I think that she, Holly's affect gives the impression that she is permanently in opiate withdrawal. Um, and that worries me. And again, I've said it all the way through. I would love to know, what's going on because I don't understand why these people are together. I don't understand why they're getting married. I don't see what they have in common. I don't see what kind of life they're expecting to have together or how they plan to live or whether she can assimilate. And I, I guess all of those things in theory should be really interesting and it should make the stakes really high, but the whole thing is so depressing. And I, I, I hate feeling like there's this big secret and huge facet to their relationship that that's not being shown on camera. I mean, yeah, there's, there's obviously the money thing, and, and they keep coming, well, keep, I've seen two episodes, they keep coming back to the fact that he hasn't told her about his financial problems, and, and that's obviously a, an ongoing issue. But it seems to me a much more fundamental issue that she is, you know, she's she's one click down from a complete meltdown all the time. She has no more, no more expansion, or no more sort of, graduation of of panic and anxiety than that she's she's at the level below complete running out the door possibly without opening it and leaving a cartoon holly shaped hole in it um you know last time she was running away with no shoes and it was ah i don't know where i am and you think that must be her 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 ticking over stress levels seem to be incredibly high um and that must be exhausting for both of them um, because I mean, anxiety is incredibly tiring. Um, I agree. And, and I wonder what it's, yes, I, I agree. And I know firsthand how exhausting anxiety is. And I wonder how much her mother is able to mitigate that and what that relationship 
would look like if she didn't have her mother as kind of a a, a buffer. Yeah. Um, I mean, so that'll... In some ways, things are, you know, his sister, was it his sister who was at the safari park with them? She seemed yes. very warm and, and positive and was being very nice to, to Holly and was saying, oh, she's great, she's lovely, you know. And, and she's obviously very close to Wayne, and so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a sense, the circumstances are quite good, apart from, you know, obviously financial troubles and, and he isn't very open about these things. Um, but there is a sort of, you feel there's a looming disaster. You're just waiting for the shape of it to become clear, but you can see the shadow. You just haven't yet identified the outline. Um, but what a beautiful way. I, I feel like we get these incredible metaphors from you that are over and above <laughs> what what the show merits but well, that's why you're here maybe somebody will um, think i'm almost as clever as russell brand but um yeah it's just no that there's there is no happy ending for these two is there and i don't know what the sad ending is and i feel bad for them because i don't think either of them is a, is a bad person um but there's so much tipped on one side of the balance with you know Financial uncertainty, emotional instability, um, different personalities. He's very closed in some ways. Not he's not unaffectionate. Right. He's, he's quite secretive. I think. Um, right. And and I think to say nothing of the fact that her her naivety. I I cannot believe that she's made it into her forties and lived in the world. And, and I get that, you know, going from, I I don't know much about where she's from in Oregon, but going from the Pacific Northwest to Johannesburg and seemingly not a very nice part of Johannesburg is going to be, I, I mean, it sounds like he's been through some horrific things. Um, I hope that I, I don't wish either of them ill. I think that I think that fundamentally, a, apart from apart from the things that he has said that I assume have come about as a result of cultural conditionings, like calling the people who. <laughs> calling the people to whom that land originally uh, and rightfully belongs squatters is is never going to win anybody points in my book. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's head on over to Brandan and Mary and little baby Bran Mary. Yes, yes. Well, it's all getting very exciting there, isn't it? Um, I mean, I think for me, the whole, their whole relationship was was sort of captured by, I I didn't quite understand why now was the time, but suddenly it was, you know, oh, is it sexy time? And he was like, oh, well, you know, I I think we're ready for this. And she's like, oh, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not ready for this at all. Um, And so they ended up topping and tailing in the bed. But yeah, then it it all seemed to happen very quickly. Um, I I worry about those two. Uh, Well, I I don't actually worry about them, but, you know, in a kind of performative commenting on it way, I worry about them. Um, I mean, as you said, she's probably concealing deep trauma. Um, he just seems a bit odd, really. Uh, I mean, I think they're both, I think they have, considering the conditions of their relationship before they met in person, um, i.e. that they were on the phone 24 hours a day, including bathroom times, turlet times. Um, I think that they trauma bonded. Um, Brandan's mother, um, and I believe I'm correct in saying that his father was was not in the picture at any point or that if he was, it was not a a place that he felt welcome in. So Brandan's mother was, uh, or is a recovering addict. Um, he has, uh, what my husband somewhat humorously, but perhaps distastefully refers to as abandonment issues um, that have arisen as a result of that. Um, and sadly, I see it happen all the time in in my line of work with family court. You know, often there are two people who come together based on what they were lacking growing up. Um, they start a family in the hope of creating something that neither of them had uh, without having given much thought to the fact that when you haven't had something or had it modeled for you, you might not actually know how to do it yourself. And that maybe the best way to do it isn't learning on the job. Um, it's hard to watch. I, I mean, I, as somebody who is not a parent, I find it extraordinary that you can have children without asking anyone. Well, no, obviously, you know, you ask each other. Otherwise, that's definitely not good. But um, the, the idea that you can just think, yeah, let's have a child. And you don't have to apply to for permission. You don't have to prove anything. You just need to be in possession of, of 
of of your billy and and of your banana and your donut, if you will. Um, uh, I've got a banana, you've got a donut. Let's let's make a jelly baby. I don't know, um, but but no one <laughs> let's is going to stop. Banafi donut. Yeah, but nobody's going to stop you. I find that weird. That nobody says, hang on, hang on, no, 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 ooh, ooh, you're a child or you're completely incompetent or you have no sense of responsibility, and but you can just go on with it. No, and I, and I imagine that the laws vary from state to state, but based on what um, Robin and I have been through in looking at adopting or even, or fostering a child, um, the barriers that one has to overcome are, you, you would not believe it. And yet again, in, in the work that I do, um, I am constantly, uh, coming across people who have children and have not had their children taken away despite having rap sheets the length of my arm that are to do with um, quite serious crimes and quite serious crimes involving people and sometimes quite serious crimes involving children, sometimes quite serious crimes involving their own children. It's, it's really, really deeply upsetting. Um, And yeah, because of my, medical history and because i am disabled i'm not despite the fact that i i think i am quite successfully helping to raise a really wonderful young man um i mean i can only claim partial credit but i i think he's a pretty great kid and he's very happy here you know the 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 fact that i'm not considered an acceptable candidate is is deeply upsetting and i've gotten in trouble for bringing this up before so i'm not going to go on forever and ever I, but uh, I, don't think, I don't see how this isn't a terrible idea i don't think you're you're alone in that i mean my mother god rest her soul used to be on the uh durham diocesan panel for approving adoption um i don't know why she was on the diocesan panel for the church of england she was presumably the kind of token jew um but you know, she she would see parents who were desperate to adopt a child, and who were brilliant parents. You know, would give children a fantastic home, and they would occasionally confess to a degree of bitterness that they were having to go through hoop after hoop after hoop. Whereas, if you've got your functioning banana and your functioning donut, you're away and and uh, the races, and it does mm-hmm. seem an odd mismatch. Yes, and it's. It's uh, it's an area of law that is in desperate need of disruption and reform, I would argue, because it has a knock on effect. I have no idea. And I and and it feels it feels really dark. You know, it feels really dark that. The state. Because presumably and, and you know, again, I'm looking at this with a very cynical lens, admittedly, after um, after what we've gone through. But 
I feel like it's about liability and, you know, nobody wants to hand this child off to the wrong family and the, and the idea behind the idea of what, uh, what the right family is, is so narrowly prescribed and it's not based on research and it's not based on science and it's not based on the lived experience of social workers and adoptees and everything else. It's, it's based on an idea that some old white judges discussed in a room, none of whom were affected by the, these issues. Right. Um, and again, you know, I'm, I'm getting further and further away from this, but there's, there's, I think it goes back to what we were talking about, about bureaucracy, which is that there's an extent to which nobody wants their signature to be the one on the piece of paper that comes to the inquiry. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so if Nailed you can avoid it. that, if you can avoid being that person, then you'll do anything to 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 be in the clear. Um, basically, nobody wants the Harry Truman sign on the desk saying the buck stops here. Nobody wants the buck. The buck should be with someone right. else. Um, Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's just not me. And when I remove my personal feelings from it and my rejection sensitivity from it, you know what? No, even then, I think, why would you, why would you deny someone who is already a parent and can demonstrate that they're a great parent? And even if they're not, I just, I just think that this is legally sanctioned ableism and discrimination and, and it's really messed up and it's a real shame. Um, so yeah. Um, I would say yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh God. It's so dark. And a lot of people, the thing is, Mary has no distress tolerance. Brandon has n- no tolerance for Mary's distress or his own. I don't understand how these two are going to end up able to raise a child. And I don't think that, you know, the romantic fantasy of this kid giving both of them what they didn't have. And I'm not saying that people who come from um, difficult family circumstances aren't able to be great parents themselves. That's, that's absolutely not true. Sometimes it but intensifies they, actually. The, the fact that exactly. Exactly. Um, but these two are just not on anything even resembling solid footing and i'm i'm worried for this child but you know again wish them the best i think this is a very 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 sad situation that is only going to get sadder um shall we move on to the final couple now again i had to brief you a little bit because i knew where your sympathies would lie immediately just by looking uh at kimberly um 
I, in my defence, my my sympathies were not so much with Kimberly as against TJ. Kimberly struck me as as, uh, neither Heather nor York. He just struck me as an absolute bellend. Um, To which I think (laughs) I still subscribe. But having had some some background intel, uh, shall we say, um, clearly she is, I mean, she said it. And as I said to you, I think by text, perhaps the most terrifying words a woman can say, I'm a bit of a handful. You think, oh, oh, right, you're a fucking nightmare, aren't you? And it does look like she's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, she's... Again, this is somebody who experienced rejection very early on. She's from a very big family. Um, Her mother rejected her. Um, She purports to be psychic and guided by... Uh, several spirit guides, I think some of whom either presumably she's not listening to or communication is their greatest strength. Um, those spirit guides have brought them, have brought her to India. She, and, and as I was saying to you earlier over text, she has lived in Jaipur she does seem to have an understanding of the family structure and what's expected of, of a son, um, what her role would be in the family and, uh, the concessions that his family and, and that TJ most of all are willing to make in order to accommodate her. What they're not willing to do is change their expectations to such a dramatic degree that it would change that that it would transform the entire nature of the family unit and the society in which they are so deeply ingrained. I, I do think it must be very difficult for people who don't come come from that kind of culture to go into a culture where the expectation is that you move in with your parents and in-law. Um, I think crossing that that divide must be enormously difficult because in Britain, in America, you know, we have this expectation that you get married, then you buy a home or rent a home or whatever, and it's part of a progression, and it, the sort of end point is independence. All right, independence comes quite early on um, because then once you're independent, you have children and all that kind of thing. And I think to... To get married and then to think, right, well, now we move into a big house full of people must be very difficult if that's not your expectation. On the other hand, if that is your cultural expectation, background, milieu, whatever, then uh, it's not your fault that it is. You know, you, you, it's not a choice you've actively made. You're not being weird by expecting your 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 son and his new wife to come and move in with you and you know, you're not being difficult about it. So uh, there is just a, right. a difficulty of, of different expectations there. Right. And I, I have, um, I've known English, uh, couples or d- couples where, you know, it's, uh, an ing- I've not seen the other way around. That doesn't mean that it doesn't happen because obviously it does. But in my personal experience, um, I 
uh, I used to know uh, couples where the um, guy, where the husband was Brahmin Indian from a very wealthy family uh, or family of note in their respective um, region, um, educated in England, uh, married white English girls, uh, women rather. Um, and you know, because they, they plan on living in England, they don't have to deal with those kinds of cultural barriers, but the courtship itself is difficult because there were pretty stark differences. Um, you know, for example, um, some Hindus don't drink alcohol, uh, and have strict dietary requirements. And there's lots of other rules to follow, you know, that don't necessarily, um, mesh particularly well with a, with a culture that I would say is often centered around drinking socially, at least it's getting a bit better now. It's a bit different, but you know, a lot of our, our social gatherings are drinking related gatherings, especially at a university level. And I think when you don't, when you're not expected to live in that other culture and assimilate and, you know, move in with your in-laws, like you say, it's fine for you to say this is, it's fine for you to set the terms of the, of the relationship. I think when you are going to live in that culture. And, and to be fair, most of the rest of the world does live that way. We are pretty much outliers in that we stuff our elderly relatives into, you know, refrigerators when we're, when we're done with them. Right. Um, It, it's certainly not, it, it's, it's certainly normalized outside of Western society, I would say. I, I think not even Western society. I think it, like, Anglo-Saxon society, if you want to call it that, kind of English-derived or British-derived society. I mean, in Italy, there, there's much more of a sense of, of intergenerational living. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely a, right. A kind of yeah. Anglo thing. Um it is. But yeah, I mean, we're much more atomized. Uh, the idea is that growing up is getting away from your family. Uh, not necessarily mm-hmm. in terms of moving away, although, I mean, I remember when I was, when I was growing up in, in Sunderland, I never for a moment thought that I wouldn't go away to university and then would not return to Sunderland effectively. Uh, because, you know, it was a, a post-industrial town in the northeast of England. Um, I, I had no concept of, of maybe living there as, as a permanent thing, which is not to say that people who did are doing a bad choice at all. I mean, that's a great thing in many ways, and it's, it's something actually that, that as a society we need to address, that the, the default is not moving away to that London to seek your fortune. Um, but that is the way that families work, in a sense. You, you move out when you go to university, possibly even before that if you go to boarding school, 
Um, I mean, you know, a generation or two before me, Stephen Fry talks about this a lot. You know, he went away to boarding school when he was seven or eight, I think. Um, and that's effectively when you begin distancing yourself physically from the rest of your family. Um, and so that that's the kind of model. Which is crazy. <laughs> it, it is quite crazy. Um, I mean, I, I, I didn't go to boarding school. I have very good friends who did and who loved it. I've got friends who did and hated it. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea necessarily, but I think it doesn't suit everyone. Um, but certainly I don't think seven or eight is a great, is a great time. I think you need to be the no. 12, 13 mark before it's, it's really going to be wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, if she wants to live in India, then she's kind of got to get with the program. Um, right. And um, it doesn't look like she does want to live in India, but I, you know, this whole situation and um, her very depressing kind of filming in the hotel room and, and the texting and things like that. I'm not, I do think, I agree with you that TJ was acting like a bell end. Um, I think in fairness to him, um, he shouldn't have broken up with her over text. That's unforgivable and that's disgusting behavior. And he owes her at least an in-person conversation. There are many, many, many reasons why I don't think this this relationship ought to go forward and why I don't think these two are a good fit in terms of getting married and not just the insurmountable cultural differences. They're also just, they are terrible for each other. They don't know how to argue. They just, they both just go instantly to 11 and then it ratchets up from there. And there's, there's no, neither one of them are able to fight fair or remain grounded when they're upset or when the other person is upset. He was appallingly rude to her when they were in front of her parents. And he said, he was, that was my teacher. That's your soon to be wife. That's not how that was a lot of. Yeah, that was awful. And I can tell you right now, uh, my father, may he rest, would have no time for that. Um, Having said all that, yes, he was a bellend. Everything that he did (laughs) in this episode was completely wrong. I couldn't help but feel though, that he was pushed to the point of, uh, and, and look, let's be real. You and I have both been in relationships like this where, um, fortunately not now, but you know, in the past where the other person tells you to fuck off or go away or, you know, kind of kicks against you in arguments and 
is in effect trying to get you to prove your loyalty to them by being horrible, right? And uh, sometimes you can have patience for that person, work through it with them. I think we've all done it. I myself have been guilty of it in the past, not to this degree, but I don't think that he has the emotional intelligence or the emotional maturity to to look at that and see, okay, she's really suffering here and really struggling. I need to find a way to talk to her or she and I need together need to find a way to talk to each other that isn't so fucking toxic and yeah. isn't always going to end up in a, a, a knock, knockout uh, type of argument. Now, I think he finally just got to the point where she had said to him so many times, well, if, if you don't want me, then I'm out. I think he finally just broke because having hearing it from both sides, because she's not having that she, her experience is, you know, she was rejected by her own family. Now she's being rejected by this new family. That's got to feel awful. She, I deeply sympathize with her there. Um, but he's getting it at both ends. He's having his parents who are going, why the fuck can't she compromise? Why can't she assimilate? We have done so much. We've sacrificed so much. Why can't she do the bare minimum to just not be so fucking awful to us all the time? And she's going, why, why does your family have to be so fucking terrible to me all the time? So I think, yeah, at a certain point you just go, fuck it. Why am I doing this? If I'm if I'm the source of all this misery for my family and I'm the source of all this misery for my partner, it has to be me, right? So if I remove myself from the situation, then it's done. Of course, that is deeply flawed and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think the problem in my, you know, sort of armchair five-minute analysis was that their problems are not fixable. Um, Correct. They're not going to get better. Because it's it's about personality, it's about how you react to circumstances, it's about how you treat other people, how you treat yourself, how you treat yourself in relation to other people, and it, it it's just not, you know, as I as I was saying to you earlier, you know, people who talk about how much you need to work at relationships, you think mm, probably you're in the wrong relationship. They weren't even talking about that, but you think you're probably still in the wrong relationship because no amount of work is going to make this all right. The doctor has spoken. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. We have almost been talking for three hours. It's felt like three minutes. <laughs> um, really, I know we had a lot of couples to get through and not, you know, not nearly enough waffle and, and tangents. That's my only complaint. But thank you so much for taking the time to watch these shows, to go over them in such careful and thoughtful detail. Um, again, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank Elliot for being here. Thank Cousin Dan for producing. Uh, Robbleheads, your hero will return for the um, 90 Day Fiance UK tell-all. 
hosted by Catherine Ryan. We're very, very, very excited about that and can't wait to share our thoughts with all of you. Have a fantastic week. Elliot, tell them where to find you on the socials. Uh, I'm available on Twitter at Elliot Wilson 2, E-L-I-O-T Wilson 2. Um, do follow me or abuse me as as I've been getting a lot of today. I've been getting some arguments about various things, but um, all is fun. Uh, <laughs> and you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to to review these these gifts of nature which are the various couples of these shows uh who who give me insights into parts of the world and parts of the human experience that i had never even dreamt could exist uh but are source of endless wonder and let's not beat about the bush entertainment uh and it's been a delight as always well thank you so much all right well elliot will be back undoubtedly um very soon again we are resurrecting our patreon uh our formerly patreon only podcast royalty in a different form um that is coming up uh after robin and i have tackled love is blind love is blind is dropping this weekend we will be covering it um we will drop a little preview on our main feed for you all and uh, the rest of it is going to be on the Patreon. We are looking at other um, methods uh, to um, distribute our um, subscription-only content. Um, my brain no longer works because I've been holding in however many cups of tea I have consumed for the past two hours and 40 minutes. So I am going to say goodbye, goodbye from the Bloody Day Fiance family, and we will see you soon. Cheerio, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.